season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful. Welcome back to another jam-packed edition of the Double Doing Podcast. I am your host, Brendan Deeg. Please follow me on Twitter at EaglesTalk underscore if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, please do greatly appreciate it. And again, we are live on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it. We are there. Make sure to tune in to our old episodes. We have broken down all, well, we're going on our eighth division here, our, our last one. We have broken down the previous seven divisions in the NFL, your season preview to get you ready for football. Football is in one day. And I bring Mr. Eric Warner in at Bear Soccer Score on Twitter. Eric, we are about 24 hours away from football. And we're on our last division. Could you be any more excited? No, I honestly <laughs> don't think it's possible. I mean, on the yesterday I said I'm not that excited for the Thursday game. I'm really excited for Sunday. Flip the switch today. I am so excited. Yeah, for tomorrow. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I want to say that. Like I was looking, like I was looking at the the lines today. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for tomorrow. I wasn't at first, but look, man. Football's yeah, back, and exactly, and, and like the whole the whole situation with COVID. Well, I want to touch on that quickly. The NFL's done a great job so far. I want to say so far in quotations because it's a long season, but uh, just great work all around from all the from the teams and the staff. Just just all around controlling this disease and making sure that we have football on day one. I, I didn't predict this. I thought this wasn't going to happen, and I'm glad that it was proven wrong. So, um, just want to give a shout out there. Yeah, Anyways, I was are- definitely in the doubtful group as well. Yeah, exactly. Right, I think we here both we are. So we are going on our eighth and final division, the NFC South, probably the most interesting division in football. Um, Eric, kick us off with the Carolina Panthers. All righty. The Carolina Panthers. Um, whole reset on the coaching staff this season. Um, Matt Rule is brought in. He was the coach at Baylor last year. He's bringing his defensive coordinator from Baylor, Phil Snow. And Joe Brady is going to take over as the offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator at LSU, responsible for Joe Burrow's incredible season. Um, And that's something to kind of monitor with this team this year. Um, A whole new coaching staff, a whole new um, system on both sides of the ball in a season with a pandemic. That that is a tall task for rookie coaches. Um. And also, it's a huge reset on the roster as well. Um, lots of turnover. The big one, Cam Newton is gone. Kyle Allen's gone. Greg Olson, Trey Turner, Mario Addison, Gerald McCoy, Bruce Irvin, James Bradbury, Eric Reed. Um, there's a lot of, lot of fresh faces brought in. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, Russell Okun, um, Eli Apple, a uh, lot of, lot of probably, turnover with yeah, this roster. Yeah, they probably had the highest turnover definitely out of any team. I yeah, think. absolutely. I, I don't know the exact stats, but they're probably either top three or first. Right. 
And um, so Teddy Bridgewater's taken over at the helm of quarterback. Uh, he was 5-0 and last year, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, he, had a, he did great. Uh, he earned every penny of that contract. But in New Orleans, he was kind of more of a he was more of a game manager, right? Um, so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to see what what Teddy can do as uh, the guy for a full season. And I like his I like his weapons on the outside a lot. Um, DJ Moore last year went over a thousand yards. Uh, they brought in Robbie Anderson, who actually is familiar with um, he's familiar with Matt Rule from his time at Temple. Matt Rule previously coached in Temple. Uh, that's where Robbie Anderson went to college. And Robbie Anderson also has some familiarity with Teddy Bridgewater from his time in New York with the Jets. So I like that signing. And also Curtis Samuel rounds out the group. Uh, it's a pretty solid trio of wide receivers. Um, and then obviously at running back, Christian McCaffrey's as good as it gets. Uh, last year rushed for 1387 on the ground. And then he had 116 catches for another thousand yards. 19 total touchdowns just an incredible year um but are they gonna burn him out uh we talked about derrick henry yesterday almost getting to 400 touches mccaffrey last year had 403 touches um that's not sustainable but at the end of the day he's not only the best running back he's probably their best wide receiver he's caught over 100 catches every year of his career he he's just an incredible athlete and he's very fun to watch um but the ma- the weakness on this offense on this offense will be their offensive line. It's very below average, especially in the pass blocking area. Last year they were thirtieth in the league in pass blocking efficiency. Uh, that's got to get better. Um, but it's going to be a fun offense, uh, just with those weapons on the outside. Um, and their defense. I'll talk about their defense for a bit. Their defense had a major major reset. Uh, Luke Keekley has retired, and what a career it was. Eight seasons. Every single season, he had over 100 tackles. That includes years where he was banged up, and even play- season he had 10 games played. He still had over 100 tackles. Um, he should be walking into the Hall of Fame. Um, but I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. There's a very strong chance this is the worst defense in the NFL this year. Last year, they allowed 31 rushing touchdowns. That was the most since the winless Lions in 08. Um, So the team spent all seven of their draft picks on the defense. Uh, It's a complete reset, bringing in a lot of youth. Derek Brown was the seventh overall pick. He easily could have been a top five selection, and he easily could have been a top five pick majority of seasons. Um, And they also added Yuturm Matur. Sorry. Yeter Gross Matos. My boy. Yeah, all-time all time team, uh, all-time name team. Um, so they're injecting those two guys onto the D-line, some youth. Um, I like them a lot. And he's, also I like their second-round picks a lot too. Jeremy Chin uh, should start at safety. And Troy Pride, a rookie cornerback. But he's being asked to start. Um, and basically take over for what James Bradbury did last year, which are massive shoes to fill. Bradbury had a great year, ended up signing the big ticket with the Giants. So those are that's a huge hole to fill. Um, and basically Shaq Thompson, that linebacker, he's really the only recognizable name on this defense right now. Um, there's a lot of holes. But at the end of the day, it's a young team. They're going through their rebuild. 
they're all learning new system, both sides of the ball. Um, and I mean, they play in a division where they're going against Tom Brady and his weapons at wide receiver, Breeze and Michael Tom, or sorry, Breeze and yeah, Breeze and Michael Thomas and Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. It it's just it's too t- tall of a too tall of an ass for this defense. I think they're going to get shredded this year. Um, but what that should lead to for Panthers fans is it should lead to some good garbage garbage time fantasy points for their offense with that those wide receivers. Yep. Um. So yeah, but I'm I'm very low on this team, but it's it's a rebuild year, right? And if Matt Rule can just implement his system, um, and the coordinators can get used to the pro style offense and defense, um, I think they'll be better off uh, down the road. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I like look. I like the Panthers. I like what they did this offseason. Kind of, they didn't waste any time. They kind of flipped out the Cam Newton and Ron Rivera era and completely flipped it upside down. Right? Change, change the guard. Let's go get new players in. This team's young. Like, and it just I want to focus on the defensive side of the ball now. Like they're they're bringing in they're bringing in six new starters here, and four of them are going to be draft picks that they took this year. So you're going to you're right. pretty much starting four rookies and Jeremy Chin, uh, Gross Matos should see probably kind of starting time. Derek Brown. Uh, they're bringing Eli Apple as well in the corner, who's a young, uh, not young anymore, but younger guy. Like th- this team is young, and they're mm-hmm. going to go through their growing pains. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. They probably, I think they, they probably, um, man for man, probably have the worst defense in the league. Um, I, I would agree with that. Um, but the offense should be fun, like we said. And look, I like Matt Rule. What he did for Temple, fight, fight, fight. The red and the white Temple um, change that program upside down. Then goes to Baylor. He does a great job in Baylor and then gets a head coaching job. So, look, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I like what this organization did. I think they're a year away. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is the guy going forward. We'll see. I think this year is going to have a lot to say on that. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm, normally not, I'm normally not crazy about hiring um, college coaches to the pros, especially rookies who have never done it before. But I like how they're they're basically giving rule a year here to – yeah just implement your system and then we'll judge you year two kind of thing. Yeah. Th- this guy's no cliff Kingsbury too. Like he's not like a rookie. Like cliff Kingsbury coached Texas tech for a couple of years. And then he's getting a head coaching job here. Like yeah. this, they did not rules flipped programs upside down. Like he completely changed the temple program to a winning football team. Completely. Baylor was in a lot of trouble with a lot of accu- accusations around the players. That program was kind of shot. And then he comes in, flips it upside down. So this guy's a veteran coach. I know it was in college, but, yeah, I like me Matt Rule. I think I think this team's gonna go through its growing pains. Um, I'm not crazy about the Teddy Bridgewater signing. Never was. I don't. They gave him a lot of money. I, I think this team will probably be in the top five draft picks this year, and they'll probably be looking yeah. for another quarterback. I'm guessing. I, that's me. I don't know. We'll, like we'll see if Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, it depends what pick they end up getting. But yeah. if, if Justin Fields is there, I'd be shocked yeah. if they don't strongly consider that. Yeah, so they Vegas has them as the second highest team to get the the top pick. So their their win totals at five and a half. Jacksonville's at four and a half. So those are like they're they're probably the two worst teams in NFL. I I'd agree, but I think the Panthers. This team's got more upside than Jacksonville, for instance. Like, hey, like, right. like everything pops. Like, say this offense pops. Who knows? Like, you know, the crazier things happen in this league. But yeah, yeah. Yep. All righty. All righty. So I'm going to go with your 2020 Atlanta Falcons. They are head coached by Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is going into his sixth season as head coach. He's only finished um, worse than second in Division One. That was in 2017. He's got a, a coach record of 43 and 37. Obviously, they're the two times that they made the playoffs. They lost to New England in the, in the Super Bowl, and they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles in the divisional game in 2017. 
Um, then this 2020 Atlanta Falcons team, not quite, not a lot of turnover um, on this roster. Um, they're they're sort of kind of running it back. They did have a pretty good draft. I do I don't mind AJ Terrell at corner. Um, but yeah, so let's take kind of take a look at what they did uh, last season. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons uh, rushing offense was in the middle of the pack. They were 23rd um, in rushing, and then the passing attack was 14th. Matt Ryan was 14th in QBR, 19th in um, yards per attempt, 14th in DVOA. So he was he was kind of your mediocre starter. Um, if you look at his completion percentage above expectation, which is like the the analytic stat to kind of cover quarterbacks, he was 11th um, out of 39 quarterbacks. So he's kind of middle of the pack there. Um, the one thing that he did struggle with is he did have a negative result of 9.9% of his plays, which is either a sack, a fumble, or interception. That was like 23rd among starters. So he's really got to be better with the ball. Um, uh, before And before I took it, the defense kind of take a look what they did as well. They did sign Todd Gurley. Um, this year, which um, was kind of an up in the air side, they traded for Hayden Hurst. Um, they traded a second round pick, I believe, for Hayden Hurst, who was a tight end at Baltimore, former first round pick who had a lot of success in that offense there. Um, and then on the coaching staff, they kind of they changed uh, some things up. They're moving their their wide receiver coach to defensive back coach, which is um, kind of interesting. Raheem Morris is going to switch sides on. Um, switch sides of the field and let's take a look at their offense going in um like i said not a lot of turnover todd Gurley and hayden hurst are going to be their only kind of new guys there could be some competition matt hennessy is a guard that was drafted in the third round might take over the left guard side um spot over james carpenter but besides that they're kind of running it back with their o-line from last year um let's take a look on the defensive side of the ball for them uh the they're going to bring it back again like i said kind of running it back um with the players they have they are a few new starters aj terrell dante fowler um, and Olukin, Foy Olukin, I believe as you pronounce his name, he's going to play in a linebacker. Those are going to be the three new starters there. On the defensive side of the ball, too, from last year, they did struggle a little bit, um, especially um, in the passing game. They were like 28th against man and 23rd against zone, so they have to be better. They're hoping AG Terrell going to make that step forward. Um, and then in the run defense, they're ranked 19th. I don't want to spend too much on the Falcons because uh, there's not much to say. They're kind of running it back. Uh, my hot take is that Dan Quinn might be the first coach fired. I do not like this roster very much, kind of going up and down for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, like you're getting Dante Fowler place, uh, Vic Beasley, maybe K. Um, like on defense, they're, they're bringing back the same passing defense that was very bad. AJ Terrell, I, I don't expect him to kind of make too much of a difference. Year one, he still needs development. And on offensive side of the ball too, like their offensive line was mediocre at best last year. Matt Ryan was running for his life a lot. Um, you have like... Yeah, you have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. I get it; those guys are great wide receivers. But like, besides that, like, like Todd Gurley really going to do much? I don't really see the fit there. Um, again, Hayden Hurst isn't a crazy tight end. They didn't really do much to improve this offense. They got worse, if anything, in my opinion. And and look, it, it's from the top to bottom. Like, I don't really like the way that they went went about um, this year. You had the chance to fire Dan Quinn. You were one in seven last year. You finished six and two. Big whoop. You finished seven and nine. And then you announced that you're bringing back Dan Quinn. And you're bringing back everybody to kind of like, hey, let's give it one more year. I, I hate when when teams do that situation. Just either clean house. Don't sit on a coach for a year either give him either give him the um the security he needs and knows that hey i can may have one i maybe have more than one year to get this through or just get rid of him i don't like the way this organization is set up right now um i think dan quinn could probably be he could be one of the only coaches that may be fired in season this year um i think this team this team's win totals at seven and a half i i hammer that under i think that's a i think that's a, a bet that's kind of itching for people to grab that over Look, i don't see it i i, I think this team I think this division is a two-team race. 
Um, and I, I, I'm not high on this Atlanta Falcons team at all. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, yeah. Dan Quinn is a defensive-minded coach. He made all his uh, – he became – he got the job because of what he did in Seattle with that outstanding defense. But in five years, they've never had a top-20 defense under nope. him. Like, if you're going to call yourself a defensive guy, you got to ha- have a better defense. And the only, um, and the only thing that – Like you said, they started one in seven. Yep. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 keep going, keep going. Uh, so yeah, they started one and seven, and finished six and two. That might have been the worst thing to happen. Exactly. To this yeah, they were in. You. Sh- could you imagine this? Could you imagine this defense with a Chase Young? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not crazy about Terrell whatsoever, but they they ended up with that pick at 16. I didn't like the pick. They at 16. should I don't have mind. had a top five pick. Yeah, I, I don't. AJ Terrell, like I, I don't mind him as a prospect, but he's a year away. He's not. There was better corners out there they could have taken to help him right now, no doubt. Like he was, he was lower on the rankings. Like they could have maybe gotten the second round. I don't mind him as a player. And yeah, you're you're you expecting to slide in right away and and play and to kind of help out the worst one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. And like the, the what the huge reason why I'm down this team is Dirk Cutter is going into his fourth year as offensive coordinator with this team. He has yet to have an, an offense over top 10 offensive efficiency with how stacked this offense is. When Kyle Shanahan was there, they were awesome. They were lights out. Once he leaves and Dirk Cutter takes over um, in, the, in between those years, like he's done nothing with this offense. And you're expecting this, to, and I'm expected to believe that this Todd Gurley signing is going to flip this team and make them good. No, I, I don't buy it. I, I don't buy this team. I, I, I'm hard pressed to say, like, sorry, Atlanta Falcons fans. I, I don't see the season going very well. Um, I think this team is kind of a, a bubble waiting to pop. And, yeah, Dan Quinn's probably mm-hmm. looking for a job next year. Very, very tough schedule as well. Exactly. They have the hardest schedule in the NFL. Yep. Yep. So I, I don't I don't see a scenario where this team makes the playoffs. I don't. I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I thought I thought this was a hot take coming. I'm glad you're with me because we, I, thought, I told you about this before. I'm like, I got some harsh things to say about the Falcons. No, so, I'm I'm with you. I yeah. I'm not I'm not crazy about uh, what they did this off season. Um, I mean, also Dan Quinn, he's supposed to be this defensive um, genius. Every pass rusher they've either brought in or drafted has just completely choked. And yeah, exactly. nothing for them. Yeah. So the Dante Fowler signing, he he's coming off his best year as a pro. He just got that big ticket. I would. I'm not. Looking for big things out of Dante <laughs> yeah, Fowler. He, he, this he doesn't year. have the personality like that either. He's kind of a, like, he's not that type of guy. I agree with you. He's he'll probably he might he might zone out after eight games. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I think this is a two team division. We'll get in those teams right now. Right on. Yep. I'll go. Uh, I'll go ahead with the New Orleans Saints. They were 13 and three last year, and 13 wins only got them the third seed in the NFC. That's how competitive the NFC was last year. Um, over the last three years, they have the best record in the NFL, 37 and 11. They're the only team in the league with, or no, sorry, over those three years, they've won 11 plus in all three years, um, and that speaks to how good Sean Payton has been. He's been with the Saints for 14 years. He's coached for 13 of those. He had the one-year suspension due to Bounty Gate. Um, but over the, over that many years, he's 131 and 77. Um, just speaks to how good he's been. That's an incredible record. Um, but this team over the last three years has just had some heartbreaking losses to end their year. Um, everybody remembers the Minneapolis Miracle 
and then the no call and the pass interference against the Rams. And then last year they lose to Minnesota again in the playoffs in overtime. So that's three straight years where your season ends on the last play in the playoffs. That's, that's really tough, but they're running it back and I don't blame them for it. I love this roster top to bottom. Um, the really only major difference on the offense was they cut Larry Warford, which was kind of a surprise cut to me. I thought he was a good guard, but he's unsigned. So teams must, must know something that I don't. Um, and uh, they, the other addition they made was they finally found a nice number two wide receiver in Emmanuel Sanders to pair with Michael Thomas. Um, Michael Thomas arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL last year caught 149 balls for over a 1700 yards. It's in-depth stats are crazy. Like I was looking yeah. at them today. Like, this like, one. It's catch. Like it's blows my mind. Yeah. He caught 80.5% of his targets. Do you think yeah. me and you went in the backyard <laughs> to play catch? We could do that. <laughs> I don't even think we could. Yeah. Like, I don't think we could. Like that's incredible. And you know, know, he's getting double covered on most of these targets. Like it's, 2.95 yards, yeah, 2.95 yards per route. So like, but everyone calls him like a little dinky dunk receiver. That proves he's not. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he, he's. He, I was never the. I was never high on Michael Thomas going in last year, and he completely shut me up. Yeah, he had an outstanding year. Um, yeah. On the other hand, uh, Kamara kind of had a down year. He he had over 1,300 scrimmage yards for the third straight season. He's the only player to do that over that span, but he was constantly banged up. Um, he was he was dealing with a knee and ankle injury, and he never really looked 100%. He didn't have that explosiveness that we're used to seeing from him. Um, if he's healthy, he'll uh, that would be a huge help for him um, or for this offense. Uh, at tight end, they're going back with Jared Cook. He's fine. Um, and the O-line's above average. I mentioned the only loss there was Warford, but they're plugging in their first-rounder, Cesar Ruiz, into that interior of the offensive line. So... I don't expect any regression there. Um, this offense last year as a whole had eight giveaways. That was the best in the NFL. Um, the average in the NFL last year was 22 giveaways for a season. They only had eight. That's just incredible. Um, and also they, they signed Jameis Winston to be the backup for $1.1 million. And I know people might not think, oh, he's just a backup. But I think that's an important signing because now that allows Sean Payton to use Taysom Hill – in different packages. Uh, if Taysom Hill was the only backup quarterback they had, they're probably not running him as a running back or tight end, or and Taysom Hill loses some of his value. So to have a solid backup there in Winston, I think really, really allows Sean Payton to be creative with the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at the defense, this defense was horrible a few years ago but over the last couple of years they've really cleaned up in that area they've been top five against the run in back-to-back years um cam jordan's a big reason for that he's an excellent versus the run and he also had 15 and a half sacks last year um they're looking for marcus davenport to emerge as another consistent pass rusher they traded up gave up a first round pick to get him um he's been okay but they need him they need more out of him um Resigned Janoris Jenkins to to form a pretty good cornerback duo with him and Marshawn Lattimore, and they brought in your boy Malcolm Jenkins, which I thought was an excellent signing. He's so versatile; he can play really linebacker, slot, safety, wherever you need him. He 
He's very versatile. Yep. Um, linebackers are led by Demario Davis, who's been solid ever since he got there. And apparently rookie Zach Bond has just had an excellent camp. So they cut Nigel Bradham, another former Eagle. But uh, Zach Bond, uh, look for him to start as a rookie. Um, didn't really see that coming, but apparently he's been that good at camp. So watch out for him. Um, I just don't see any obvious holes on this team. They don't really have any area of weakness. Um, only thing is their schedule is very tough. Uh, over the second half of their season, the average win total of opponents faced is nine. Um, so it's one of the harder schedules in the league. But I still, I still have them. Uh, I have them as a playoff team for sure. It's just whether, whether or not they can win the division. Um, I'm looking really looking forward to seeing what you think about the Bucks because these two teams are going to go at it, um, at it this whole year. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, especially with the Saints, we didn't really bring this up with Seattle, is the no, the fans um, not having. Yeah. Will what will the home field advantage be? Because Superdome, one of the toughest places to play. We know Seattle's home field, Kansas City's home field. These buildings are known for just being so loud. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of. The Superdome, are they going to have that kind of home field advantage they typically do? Yeah, that's one thing I'm really curious to find to, to, uh, to find out what's going to happen in the NFL is with this home field advantage and if it's going to make any difference, right? Like, uh, that's one thing. Yeah. That I, that's literally the one, like, the most um, curious thing I am going into the season is is how this will affect teams, like you said, the Superdome um, in New Orleans. Like, that is probably the best home field advantage you get right. in the NFL. Over the past – over the past decade, they're fifty-eight and twenty-seven at home. Yeah, they're twenty-six and three in the past two years, or twenty-six yeah. and six. Like, sorry, I, this team is so good in regular season. Um, are you done? Do you want my opinion on the Saints? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So the Saints, the way I look at it, this team, um, they had a lot going for them last year. They were eighth in injury luck last year, third in fumble luck, seven and one in, um, in one-score games. They had the third best special teams. Um, so like that's that's screaming for regression and all those right that's screaming for this might not happen again but i'm not yeah. going that way eric i think this team's going to be good um I, I the more i deep dive into this roster they have the top to bottom you could argue that they have the best roster in the nfl the running it back this this year might be their last year with this roster like when you with the drew Brees era um and they did a great job of kind of surrounding him with a lot of guys like emmanuel sanders cesar ruiz for instance a great center um he's going to start there uh, like I, I can't find any holes in this roster. I, I think this team is going to have a great regular season. Do they make? Do they go far in the playoffs? I don't know. We'll see how Drew Brees gets laid on in the year. But yeah, this team is going to be great. And the, the over under wins is at ten and a half right now. Like I, I think over. I think eleven is probably perfect for them. Eleven or twelve. They've done it the past three years. They've won thirteen yeah. or twelve games. Like this team is great in the regular season. Sean Payton has this team playing hard every week. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I like the Saints. I do. Um, yeah, they're just top to bottom, just yeah. so solid. They have depth. They have yeah. weapons. It's it's kind of looking at their roster. It's kind of surprising that they haven't made the Super Bowl over the last three. Yeah, years. exactly. Like, they, they just they just haven't been good in the playoffs. They haven't been able to get over that hump on the past three years. Yeah, and, a couple freak plays slash miracles slash yeah. bad calls. It's just nothing in yeah. the playoffs can go their way. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I don't like. I think they'll be there. I think. I don't know if they'll win the division. Um, 
But I, I think they'll definitely be a playoff team. And, yeah, this is going to be a huge year for Drew Brees' legacy. Let's see if he can get more and more ring. Um, I think this is his last year personally. Um, like, he didn't look good in that Vikings playoff game last year at all. He looked he looked like an old man. Um, I know that he, had a, he was dealing with a broken thumb or something yeah. like that. But, but even even the I year mean, before that, his arm looked weak. Like he just it, yeah. it looks like he's it looks like he's wearing down, and that can happen. Look, and we've seen it happen. He's forty. Yeah, exactly. We've seen it happen in front of our eyes, right? Quarterbacks fall off a cliff, and when they do it, it, it they hit hard. So it, it, I think this is his probably last year in New Orleans, and I think the management knows that. So that's why they bring in Malcolm Jenkins. That's why you bring in Michael Sanders. That's why you draft Cesar Ruiz first round. Like you bring in guys that are going to help right away, and yeah. So I, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm. This is probably their last hurrah, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, well, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be such a great uh, battle between them and the Bucks. Yep. All righty, I'm gonna finish this off here. We are going to the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the last team in our uh, division breakdown. They are head coached by Bruce Arians. He coached one year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, last year he finished seven and nine, but he has a great track record as head coach, bringing the Cardinals to this um to the playoffs in two years in 2014 and 2015 in those um my Carson Palmer offenses that were that were really good. He went 11 five in 2014, 13 three in 2015. He had Arizona buzzing for those uh, couple years. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, this year look they they're if you're talking about a team that's going for it, Eric. Um, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'll bring in a guy like Tom Brady, of course. we got to start with him. Tom Brady coming on a two-year, $50 million contract to end his career in Tampa at the age of 43. Um, they bring in a guy like LaShawn McCoy. Uh, they bring in Leonard Fournette. They bring in Dominican Sue. They bring in Rob Gronkowski in a trade. They draft Tristan Wirfs in the first round to play off to tackle. This team is going all in on this year um, for Tom Brady's last year. And if you take a look at them last year, look, they were they were bad. It's been 18 years since Tampa Buccaneers have gone as far as second round in the postseason. 18 years since they won a playoff game. They've missed the playoffs 12 straight seasons and have produced a winning record once in the last nine seasons. The last time Tom Brady played on a team with his losing record was in 2000. So don't expect this team to definitely have a losing record. Tom Brady doesn't know that. He, he's never had that in his career in the past 21 years. So, yeah, they, they put a lot around them. Let's take a look at their offense. Um, their right tackle, they're bringing in Tristan Wirfs to um, hold down the right side of the offensive line. Rob Gronkowski is going to be a new tight end and, of course, new quarterback and Tom Brady. They'll probably share Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, and LaShawn McCoy are probably going to be like a three-headed back. You'll probably see LaShawn McCoy get less carries as the season goes on. They'll probably be a uh, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette show there. Last year, their rushing offense ranked 11th in the NFL under 11 personnel and on 12 personnel 15. So they were good running at a base and then a shotgun. They were 17th in the league. And, like, it's hard to put stats from last year on this team, right? But let's take a look at the comparisons for Tom Brady and Jameis Winston. Last year, Jameis Winston's QBR was 16th, DVOA 24th, and 20th in EPA per dropback. Tom Brady ranked 17th across the board in QBR, DVOA, and EPA per dropback. So he was pretty much mediocre on and on an offense that did struggle to move the ball, especially down, um, down the stretch last season. Um, and Tom Brady's uh, pass catchers this year, we're getting Chris Godwin, who finished ninth out of 111 receivers last year. Mike Evans finished sixth out of 111 re receivers last year. So he's getting a completely different set of weapons on his side of the ball. Um, so I expect this offense to pop right away. I don't know about right away. Um, I'll explain that, actually. Sorry, I'll take that back. I expect this offense to pop um, at some point this year. On uh, defensive side of the ball, they're pretty much running it back on defense. Um, to, for a passing defense, that struggled. Um, last year, and they're kind of expecting these rookie cornerbacks 
to uh to to help out. They're they're running out three cornerbacks under the age of 23 and Carlton Davis, James Dean, and Sean Murphy Bunting. All of these guys are under the age of 23 and they're expecting them to be better. And they have to be better last year. They were they were ranked dead last and um and uh, passing defensive passing efficiency last year, so they they did not have a good passing defense. The run uh, the run defense was way better. They were ranked fifth in run defense towards the end of the year. So and you got you got Dominic Sue coming back. I don't know I don't know if Shaq Barrett's kind of a year like he did last year, but and you have Vita Vey and Jason Pierre-Paul. That's a solid front four, and you expect them to be tough against the run once again. Um. All right, my overall take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I, I, I'm high on this team. I'm very high on this team. I've been saying that since the start. Um, the one thing I will say is I don't know if they're going to get off to a quick hot start. Um, I think it might take a couple games for them. I think they might, they might struggle a little bit out the, out the gate because you look, you have a new quarterback coming in, learning a new system. I, I know Tom Brady is 43 and has seen it all, but learning in Bruce Arians system, he runs a complicated offense. Um, it's a high-flying offense, spread the field, open up the field, get people deep. So he's going to like it. And I think it will pop. I don't know if we'll hit right away. But um, I, I think this Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, ceiling is a Super Bowl. I think that's where they, they could be if everything hits. They have the roster from top to bottom. The roster is awesome, except for the corner. The corner play is the only thing that's, like, holding me back from saying they're the, one of the best teams in the NFC East – or the NFC, sorry. Um, all said and done, this team will be in the playoffs – uh, mark my words, and they will be fighting for Super Bowl. How long that takes to start the season, I don't know. Um, but I like me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season. I think they're I think they're a top five roster, and I, I don't I don't think Tom Brady falls off. I think he's got one more year of solid football left in him. He didn't look like he didn't look old or anything last year. He can still ding it. The offense last year in New England was bad. That's why he looked bad as well. Going into this offense, this is the best offense of um, of like Arsenal weapons in the NFL, I believe in Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, OJ Howard. Like this, this offense is stacked. And mm-hmm. as long as Brady can be competent, which I still think he can be, I think this offense will be top five. The defense is, I don't know on, on the, the passing defense, you're expecting these corners to get better, but look, all in all, I, I, I think the ceiling is a Super Bowl for the squad and I don't see why they can't get there. I, I think this is a top five team in the NFL. I don't know. I don't know if they'll finish like that, like I said, I think they could get up to a rough start, but by week sixteen this year, you will people will be considering them a top five team in the league. Yeah, I agree. I'm. I oh, remember, you agree? I thought you said that you were down on them. Oh well, the, I was gonna say. I remember we were arguing for, like all off season about mm-hmm. this: who's the best team in the division? And three things happened since then. They re-signed Nadamik and Sue to really sure up their run defense. Mm-hmm. They somehow got Tristan Wirfs in the draft, the best tackle. That blew my mind. I can't believe how lucky Tom Brady is to get <laughs> that kind of tackle at pick 14, 13. Like, that That was ridiculous. And then they got uh, Leonard Fournette to fix the running back position because I thought that what they were lacking at the running back position was that closer type guy. You know, when they – they have the ball with three minutes left. You can't give it back to the other team. Leonard Fournette is that big physical running back that can just drain that clock. So those three things, those those were their three areas of weakness, in my opinion, and they they, they fixed them. Like, yeah. So like you said, they're all in. They're going for it. I like what they did. Um, Devin White last year really struggled as well. They're, they drafted him fifth overall. He's got to be better this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll help that defense, but yeah, the, the corners are young, but I mean, they, they have a high ceiling. They have potential. 
Um, but the thing is about if corners are your issue, you got to guard Michael Thomas. You got to yeah. guard Julio Jones in this division. Yeah. Um, and I completely agree with what you said. They might not start fast. It is COVID offseason, not a lot of reps in practice, no preseason games for a team with this much turnover. I could definitely see them struggling early, but I agree with you at the end of the season, they'll, they'll be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to say it right now. I, I have changed my opinion on who's going to win this division. I have Tampa be slutting as a wild card now, Eric. I'm giving mm-hmm. it to you. I, I think New Orleans is going to win this division. I do. I just think with the continuity on that team with Sean Payne. Exactly. Like just the, the, just the, the comfortability that that team has, I think they're going to fly out the gate. They'll be 12-4, and 13-3 again. I have Tampa Bay sitting at about – um, I think their over-under is nine and a half right now. I think 10 wins is probably where you'll see them. Maybe 11, depending like how fast or how fast they get out the gate. But like I said, by the end of the year, this team will be scary. And I think they have, like I said, they have yeah. super operations. The, the corners scare me, though. Like you're, run, you're trotting out three corners under the age of 23 or 24 years old. Like that, that's right. – that, that, those are positions where, like, it takes a lot to learn, especially, like, going against the Sean Payton system and the NFL. Like, they – that could be the downfall. And I've cornerback and offensive line and, of course, quarterback, those are two positions you can't hide. Like, mm-hmm. you can't hide bad corner play. You, you can if you have a wicked pass rush. Like, I don't think the, they do have a wicked pass rush. You can hide – you can't hide a bad offensive line. And I don't think you can hide a bad corner play. I think it's like position number two, where you just if you have bad if you have bad play there, people will notice. And so I, I don't think it will be as bad as it was last year. Like they're they're giving these guys another shot. So we'll see. It's just look the Tom Brady factor in Tampa Bay. Um, like the not a talent on this roster up to down is just is ridiculous. Um, I, I have them slotting at ten and six in a wild card spot. And um, I, I think I think they're going to make noise. I do uh, in the what's, playoffs. Uh, what's your expectations of Gronk? Yeah, I, I, I don't have much expectations for him either. This like this offense. There's only one ball to go around. Like if you look, if if you were to do the like who is like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are going to be your number two, number one, two options. You know, and Fournette and Jones. Like Gronk is like what your fourth or fifth option. Like maybe yeah. like, you know what I mean. Like, Brady does love his two tight end sets. Yeah, too, so I couldn't yeah. see. Howard uh, chipping in as well, taking some balls from Gronk. But don't sleep on Gronk as a blocker. He's always been yeah, exactly. an outstanding blocker, which uh, just him on the field is an upgrade. I agree. All right, let's take a look at this overall division before we go. What, like, are you? I think we're both in the same boat here. This is a two-team race, um, and I think I, I changed my mind before. I'm I'm higher on the Saints now. I think the Saints win the division. I think the Buccaneers are second. I think the Panthers and Falcons are going to be bottom seven teams in the league. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. Something yeah. something to note for week one is it just came out today that Mike Evans is questionable. And yep. Saints-Bucks is, prob- for me anyways, the must-watch game of week one. Yep. And if Mike Evans is out week one, that uh, that would be a huge loss for the Bucks. Yep, I completely agree there. Um, all right, I think we're kind of both on the same page here. We are done. Eight divisions here, man. Yeah. Good work. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, listeners, thanks for tuning into these division previews. We had a lot of fun doing them. Um, we learned we learned a lot. We hope you guys learned a lot um, as well. Coming from us, it got us excited for the year. Look, we're we're one uh, one day away from football. 
Um, and yeah, thanks for tuning in. Before we go, remember, Double Doing Podcast is sponsored by BetUS. That is BetUS.com. You'll get 100% deposit return. If you deposit $30, you get $60. That is BetUS.com. Use code DOINK. That's D-O-I-N-K, DOINK, at checkout. We will be back on Friday with our kind of season preview episode. We'll kind of break down our best over-unders um, for the year, which team records. We're going to each do, I think, three or five. We've decided who we think um, the best bets are for team over-unders. We're going to give three hot takes for the season, what we think is going to happen. We're going to um, we're gonna recap the Thursday night game, which is the Texans versus Chiefs. We are excited. Football is almost here, and we will talk to you on Friday.